This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, bonus episode 20 centimeter. On this week's bonus episode, we will review the concert on August 1st in Morrison, Colorado at Red Rocks Amphitheater. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. All right, I'm just going to start off, Ethan. This was my favorite concert of the tour so far. I loved a lot about this concert, but it was not my favorite of the tour. Why do you say it was your favorite? Everything about it was just absolutely amazing. The sound quality was great. It was so beautiful there. Just the lighting. I was like in love with the lights that were going on behind the stage. They were absolutely beautiful. Bouncing off that rock. It's called Stage Rock. is absolutely beautiful. I just loved everything about it. This natural outdoor amphitheater. I just loved it. I just thought it was wonderful. It sounded great with the 71-piece orchestra. Everything about it was just wonderful. I think the band and Al and everybody on stage just really just ramped it up for this. And I could just tell how excited Al was to be there and how like choked up he was getting. I just absolutely loved everything about this concert. And that was David. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was. Yeah. I mean, it, it was an incredible concert. There were definitely some parts that I wasn't thrilled about. And the main one was the people next to me were just so loud and obnoxious. It was hard to concentrate at some parts. So it really affected unfortunately a really great show having two drunk turds (laughs) next to me but I blocked them out as best as I could and it was still an incredible show we had really good seats I was in row 12 and I think you were row 16 I was in yeah row 16 a couple rows right behind you. yeah like literally behind me so we had pretty much the same view and it was a great view it was on the Steve side of course but I could see everything on the stage better than I have for any show I could see the entire orchestra I could see the conductor so well it was visually a stunning show for me and I would say the part that I got the most joy out of watching was (laughs) the sign language people (laughs) did you see them (laughs) i did there was at least two and they were switching off for every couple songs yeah they were both and they were dancing and enthusiastic oh they were a lot of fun to watch (laughs) they were both really fun to watch but the woman she was so into it i could tell she knew the words like she was kind of mouthing them like before al was (laughs) even singing it like she is a weird al fan so that was really cool have you ever seen a sign language interpreter at a weird al show before oh yeah i've seen him at several shows and they're always a lot of fun to watch they, they really are and a couple shows i saw one on this tour i don't remember what city it was but jackie and i saw one one of the florida shows as well and they're just so much fun to watch yeah they, they really are and, and you know they're they, they obviously there to serve a purpose you know to help right our, yeah they're not there for our entertainment <laughs> <laughs> help you know any hearing impaired fans that are there if they are at the show and you know you they're within your sight lines they are a lot of fun and i remember on the mandatory fun tour i was watching one of them and i actually learned how to say waterboarding 
American Sign Language. So it's a, it was worth it just for that. I was uh, specifically watching uh, during Jackson Park Express because there's so many bizarre things that are said <laughs> in that song. And I, I wish I could remember how to do all of those crazy things. What a fun... Yeah, that was that was really fun for me. Especially, you know, as someone seeing the 12th show on the same tour... And I think it was your 12th show too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we like, we somehow matched up and we're now, (laughs) we're (laughs) now back on target. Yeah. We're back on target. But after seeing the show 12 times, getting to see something brand new, that was the first time I've seen, I think ever at a Weird Al show, a sign language interpreter was really a cool experience. So I enjoyed that. But oh yeah, the show was great too. (laughs) (laughs) So we kind of jumped ahead a little bit. I do want to tell you though, a little bit about my day before we get into the concert, because there are a couple Weird Al related things I got to tell you about okay so we had this flight that was way too early in the morning to go out there jackie and i but i was actually wearing my you know uhf shirt on the flight and the flight attendant as i'm getting on the plane she goes to me you know she noticed that i was wearing you know weird al shirt and she's like aren't you a little too young to know weird al yankovich i was like (laughs) what 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 a weird question to ask me at like seven o'clock in the morning there, there's no answer to that question. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I just said, we're actually heading off to Denver to see him tonight. She's like, oh, how cool. I was like, you want to come? And she's like, sure, I'll see you there. So I don't know if she went to the concert or not. Probably not. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was sold out. <laughs> but certainly I was like, what a weird thing to say, right? <laughs> so many things about that are just wrong and weird. I had an early flight too. I did fly out that morning. My dad and I flew out. We had a direct flight, which was nice. So we actually got to check into the hotel a little early and we explored downtown denver a bit and it was really fun have you ever ridden one of those electric scooters they have i have not i've seen them but i've never actually (laughs) ridden one so i i've ridden on them before and the only memory of riding a scooter my dad has is when i had like you know during the razor scooter phase like many years ago i had of course i had a scooter and he got on it and we we live on the top of this really steep hill and he like he got on the scooter and just fell real bad and like Aww. scraped himself so he is like you know he has like PTSD from scooter <laughs> and uh, so i convinced him like i i was begging him like dad just try the electric scooter i'm telling you you're going to love it and like literally like an hour later he was speeding around doing tricks and stuff he loved it and he you know we got really into it so that was fun we, we explored we you know we went to some different shops and bars and restaurants and had a good time before the concert we have some great friends that live out in colorado heather malone and josh wesner and if, right and heather is actually the one who drew our podcast logo yeah i was so excited to meet her because i'd only ever talked to her online and here was you know this person who made such an iconic logo for us i finally got to meet her so that was really cool they're really kind of fans of weird al as well and especially josh so it was really kind of cool to get to experience the concert with them as well it was really weird is that like we got there and we were like texting each other you know when are you going to get here where did you park and i think you parked in one of the lower lots and we ended up, i don't know how we ended we got there after you but we ended up in one of the really close lots and the one closest to the entrance and i was like kind of walking around just and randomly ran into you and your father well no we're we actually parked in the same lot you did oh you did we got there probably right around five o'clock and i knew that there was the festive al tailgate and i knew jeremy samples was there and i wanted to meet the festive al people but i really had no idea anything about the layout 
of <laughs> Red Rock. So <laughs> when we drove into the parking lot, we just followed the signs, followed the people flagging us, and we parked. And I like looked around the parking lot, and I was like, I don't see <laughs> any kind of tailgate. Like I don't know if they canceled it because of the rain or. And then I went on their website and they didn't have any information about what lot it was. So I was like, <laughs> maybe I missed it. Like I, I was so confused. And then, so my dad and I just felt, you know, rather than stand outside and get rained on and wait for the doors to open, we just waited in the car. <laughs> and then once we finally decided to, you know, head in, that's when I ran into you. So yeah, by random chance, we both parked in the same parking lot. Okay. I thought I saw you coming up the stairs. So I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe I was uh, hallucinating from the high altitude or something. Who knows? <laughs> 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 no, we, maybe we were just wandering around. I don't know. Yeah, but it was just, we kind of randomly just found each other, which was really cool. I also was hoping to kind of get to see that festival, but again, we didn't get there early and we weren't in the right parking lot. Right. Looking at the layout of that place, I did find out where it was. It would have taken like, it's probably like a 30 minute walk to get back to, oh, wow. <laughs> to that spot. Like there's all these stairs and it was raining out. So I'm bummed I missed it, but I think I made the right choice because I would have just been <laughs> totally soaked. Right. So we kind of went into the venue together and we had to kind of take this weird route to get to the actual venue from the parking lot. But what's really cool about it is we're walking along this path and all of a sudden, like right in front of us is this beautiful beautiful rainbow right over the city of denver and yeah it's like if this is how it starts before we even get into the amphitheater this is just going to be an amazing show is what i thought well and i, I want to back up just a little bit because you know entering the red rocks park like it is unreal the rocks are red <laughs> <laughs> Hence the name. I mean, my dad hitting the nail on the head. It looked just like a wily e. coyote. Like those <laughs> cliffs, those big red cliffs, that's exactly what it looked like. Yes. And, you know, they were, you know, in growing in different directions. I say growing. I mean, obviously, you know, <laughs> it looked like they were kind of, you know, slanted <laughs> in, in different directions. And there was like holes in them and ledges. And it was so beautiful and so cool. Before I ran into you, I was just hanging out in the parking lot and I overheard this kid like talking to her dad. Her dad or a brother or something and she's like what if all those rocks fell it crushed all the cars in the parking lot and everybody died except for weird al and then she paused and she goes you know why because he had his trade table out <laughs> and i just like burst out laughing like what a brilliant little kid to <laughs> like i don't know if that was her intention all along to make an albuquerque reference but i think she noticed and she seized the moment and i was very proud of her so that was great and then I saw in the parking lot a pickup truck and it had like this big wooden sign. And the first thing I thought is like, oh, this is like a truck that they drive to like, you know, town fairs and stuff and they sell hot dogs. And then when I got closer to look at it, it actually was a sign that said Twinkie Wiener Sandwiches. And I'm like, oh my God, why did my brain not go to Twinkie Wiener Sandwiches first? Like I was very <laughs> upset with myself. <laughs> did you try a Twinkie Wiener or should I say a cheese? <laughs> no, there were none. It was just like a giant plywood sign on the back of this truck. I don't know if they were selling it. Maybe it was from Festival. I really don't know. But it was cool, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned a little trivia about some of the uh, rocks in the area as well. Of course, the rocks, they were all red, as you say, but there were little white patches on the rocks. And I did learn that that was al guano. And I also learned 
that there is a very famous owl that lives in one of those rocks. And I don't know anything else, else about this owl, but I felt it was appropriate to mention. And I called him Weird Owl, and the people around me didn't really <laughs> <laughs> enjoy my joke as much as I did. So when you say guano, does that mean poop? That does. Okay. That's a really nice way of saying poop. I mean, we can say poop, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to get a PG-13 rating. Oh, that's true. Podcast. That's true. Yeah. So let's guano. just say it's guano. Uh, hold on, Dave. I'm going to go take a guano. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> so, yeah, so we got there early and it was nice. We grabbed some food and then we decided to hike. And I say hike because it is like walking up the side of a mountain, hike to the top of the amphitheater. And it was such a cool, like I was out of breath. I mean, there's not a lot of oxygen. It's like 7,000 feet up and we get up there and it's just like, you can see all around. You can see the seats, the stage. It was such a cool experience being at the top of that. You know, for us East Coast people that are basically at sea level over here, right. <laughs> to be, a, you know, over a mile high up, you know, it, it did take your breath away, literally, to be up that high. But it was totally, in my opinion, it was worth the climb up all those stairs. Oh, I don't know God, how many totally. there were. There were a lot of them. But it was, <laughs> it was worth the climb up to, to get to the top and just to be able to see everything up there, to see the stage, to see just all around the Red Rocks, you know, because it is like a, you know, national park or, and it's just... It's really cool. We wanted to go up just because we wanted to see it, but also we wanted to take a look at the merch stand uh, <laughs> to see if there was like any venue specific posters or anything. And there were two notable things, or maybe three notable things that I noticed <laughs> at the merch stand. The first one, they had the brown bag, which as we heard, it's going to be brown the rest of the tour. But instead of calling it a messenger bag, there was a label that called it a Merce, <laughs> a.k.a. a man purse. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they were not selling the USB sticks, and they were also not selling the stickers. Hmm. Well, it's a good thing we picked up extra USB sticks in uh, Philadelphia. Yes. Oh, and they also, <laughs> I also did not see the Suzanne prints for sale. Hmm. Interesting. So there was some weird thing where it was like before the show, the merchandise was on the top and then after the show, it was on the bottom. And I didn't actually see it after the show. So maybe those things were added, but at least before the show, they weren't available. So another thing they had up at top, which I know both you and I signed up for, is they actually had a uh, thing. If you gave them your promise and your you know driver's license number and signed up to be a designated driver, you got a free soda or a free uh, water or what? I've never seen that at, at any uh, other venue before, which... I thought it was really cool. And you'll remember from episode 18 centimeter, I did a similar thing at Boston. Oh, cool. You remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't there, but I do remember. You remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the only other place I'd seen that was, like I said, in Boston. And previous to that was another show in Boston. It's so great because I do drink alcohol, but when I'm at an Al show, I try and limit my alcohol intake because it just makes me go to the bathroom a lot. So, <laughs> And I'm happy to enjoy the show with water soda and was able to get that for free which was pretty nice and another thing they had up there is they had a little museum sort of thing up uh, at the top as well and we kind of jumped in there for a minute just to kind of use their restrooms and this is an inside joke between ethan and i but we did get to meet <laughs> scott's cell phone bear we which did was really amazing there was a stuffed bear and they also had a bunch of old posters and flyers from different concerts over the years and i did notice there was a roseanne bar poster <laughs> which didn't age very well, I guess. <laughs> and then we saw there was a band called The Samples. So nice. uh, we took a picture for 
for Jeremy. I, I never sent it to him. Did you ever send it to him? <laughs> I did send it to him. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I took it and then forgot about it until right now. <laughs> so surprise, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a good time to mention we, we got to see a couple people at the show. Of course, Jeremy was there, which was really cool to see him. I know he was really looking forward to the Red Rock show as much as we were. And we ran into our friend Allison was there. Yep. And this was her 50th concert. She's wearing yeah. a little a little tiara <laughs> that had the number 50 on. And a lot of people, she told us, thought it was her 50th birthday. But of course, <laughs> she's not old enough to be 50 no. years old. So they were confused. And she eventually had to explain to people, no, this is my 50th Weird Al concert. <laughs> so she got a lot of happy birthdays. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> which, that works. <laughs> hey, you know what? It was nice to see Allison there because, of course, she's from the uh, Ohio area, right? So I really wasn't actually expecting to see her out there. I had forgotten that she told us she was going out. So that was really cool to see her there. And I got to see a good friend of mine from work. Justin was there. He was the first person who told me about the Red Rock show and how amazing it's going to be and that I need to go there back in November when Al first announced <laughs> the, uh, the tour dates. So... Justin, I did it. I went there and I got to see you. It was really cool. And he had a great time too. And he is a, a huge Star Wars fan. So he was thrilled that they did the um, the Star Wars bit for the orchestra. And of course, the Al show. Oh, yeah, you know. of course. Yeah, that too. <laughs> One more comment before we get into the actual show itself. Both you and I wore officially licensed UHF t-shirts, right? Yes. I got a lot of compliments on my shirt. I was wearing a, U, a teal UHF shirt, right? And I got a, besides the flight attendant, I also got a lot of compliments <laughs> at the actual the venue about it. A lot, And I actually got a high five from someone just for wearing that shirt, which I thought right. was a, really cool. <laughs> it's just, it's a great shirt because... It has UHF, big and bold, but then it's also such a bright color blue that you cannot yeah. miss it. And the funny thing is, all right, so again, just to jump ahead a little bit, is Alan, the band, and everyone were taking pictures of, of yeah. Iconics from stage, <laughs> and a lot of the shots... And I was actually looking, and in, I don't forget whose it was. I think it might have been Jim's, or maybe it was Steve's, or, or maybe it was Ruben's or John's or Al's. I don't know. Or Lisa or Monique or Scotty. <laughs> or Melissa or JW. It was somebody's picture that was posted on Facebook, and I could actually see my teal shirt in it, which I was like, yay! Okay. Yeah, I was able to like find your shirt and then like count down four rows and find my dad and I. Because we were wearing black shirts, so <laughs> a little harder to, to point out without your point of reference. It started a little bit late. The whole time it was threatening to rain on us. And it was like, is it going to rain? Is it just dark out? And actually, when we first entered the venue, all of the instruments and chairs were covered in like these big trash bags. Well, they weren't trash bags. They were giant plastic well, <laughs> covers. <laughs> I wrote down trash bags because that's what it looked like to me. <laughs> But what was really I think Red Rocks Red Rocks Amphitheater <laughs> could afford something a little bit nicer than than trash bags. <laughs> Just saying. Well, they were cr contractor bags, the thick ones. No. <laughs> okay. Um. So what was actually surprising to me was when we got in, the LED screen was already on. And it said Weird Al Strings Attached. I'd never noticed that before if they have done it, but it had the tour logo. Yeah, this is the first time. And I don't know if this is the first venue they've done, but this is certainly the first venue that both you and I were at where they've done it, where they had that logo. And it looks really cool. And actually, it's a great idea because, you know, it, it tells people what they're there for, but it also looks right. really cool. I, I love the right. logo for the Strings Attached tour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was really cool to see that. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And of course, they kept it on, you know, during, you know, the entire 
Stormtrooper Symphony. And although they only said that on a flyer, <laughs> taped at the merch stand one time in Toronto, but that's what we call it now. That's all we have to go by, so <laughs> that's what we're it calling counts. it. Until we hear otherwise. So, Al, if you're listening and that's not what it is, please call us at 347-SPATULA and let us know what the official name yes, is. Yes, yes. Please let us know, Al. Or Eric or Scott or, you know, <laughs> Arnie, anyone <laughs> anyone who has the answer. Oh, yeah. So, right. So, speaking of Scott, right, this was Scott O'Neill, of course, our episode five-inch guest. This was the concert that he was performing the conductor for the only concert on the tour that he was the conductor for yeah how exciting i was so thrilled when he came out and he started off the show and a big difference between him and eric is that he used a baton (laughs) (laughs) yes and i also the first thing i noticed too is that how energetic scott was oh he was so excited and he was like really getting into it and i and i'm sure he's of course he's very excited because this is you know a lot of these songs he had actually written the orchestration for but i don't know if that's his style or not but you could tell he was really into it and and uh, I was just really enjoyed watching him. And he was also very talkative with the crowd as well. He So he spoke yeah. after Raiders, but so Raiders was the first one. And I'm like, I'm really enjoying it because I could hear the orchestra so well. And then I start thinking about Indiana Jones and the scene from UHF. And the whole thing is like a giant boulder, like rolling. <laughs> and I'm like looking around and there's these giant boulders all around <laughs> us. And I'm like, what irony if we got crushed <laughs> by boulders right now? <laughs> well, then then the prophecy for that woman, that uh, the little girl that you saw in the, in the parking lot would have come true. <laughs> it would have come true. Yeah. So Scott and the whole orchestra stood up after the first piece and Scott he, he said, we don't need no stinking raiders because <laughs> this is Broncos country. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Josh and Heather are you know from that area. And I had yeah. them explain that to me because I don't watch football, right? So I don't know a lot about these, these rivalries. But apparently the Raiders and the Broncos are like mortal enemies on the football oh, field. Oh, okay. So the fact that they were playing something called the Raiders March in Bronco country was basically <laughs> an insult you know to all of the uh, broncos fans right <laughs> so that's why scott did say are there any raiders fans here and they did get booed when they when there right. were a few that that recognized or that uh Raise you know, kind hand. of identified yeah. themselves as <laughs> as raiders fans and of course that was his whole why you know he was picking on the uh right <laughs> the actual name of the song, The Raiders March. And then I thought it was interesting because this isn't anything I'd seen before. Well, I mean, typically Eric doesn't talk until after the third or the second last piece. Right. And Scott actually introduced. He's like, all right, and coming up next, Mission Impossible. Right. So I thought that was interesting. One thing I really do enjoy when it's not introduced is just getting that, you know, you can kind of feel the wave of recognition across the audience when it, you know, when they are like, oh, it's Mission Impossible. Uh, yeah. So we, we didn't have that for the show, but it was really great, you know, for the variety. And Scott was just so funny when he was introducing <laughs> stuff that I really didn't miss it. Now, did you notice that during, I don't know if it, it got up to you or not, but during the Mission Impossible theme, somebody took out a beach ball and started batting it around. Uh, you know, that, <laughs> I don't like that. I don't either. I, I don't like that either. <laughs> so it's so distracting. I just, it, it's not... I mean, orchestral music is not (laughs) the place to be playing with a beach ball. (laughs) It just makes no sense. (laughs) 
maybe it's a Red Rocks thing. I don't know. Maybe. But but I mean, eventually did get hit over into the uh, the little um, what is it called? Uh, the little sound box or the little lighting box that we were sitting next to. Yeah, pit or whatever that's called. Help me out here. <laughs> yeah, the sound area. Okay, the sound area. So it did get sound box. If somebody knows a better name for that, please call us at 347 Spatula. (laughs) (laughs) It it did eventually get hit into that area, and then it was uh, the last beach ball I saw the entire show. Yeah, that was nice that it it disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) I was, yeah, I I was like thinking like, how hard would I have to hit it for it to go over the edge? (laughs) And then Scott thanked us for braving the weather because it it was really (laughs) starting to kind (laughs) of get nasty out there. After Mission Impossible, Scott did uh, more shtick. It was just like, he was just goofing around, telling jokes. It's like, you know, saying the post office motto and stuff. And, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, wait, no. And then he kept correcting it. And then finally uh, introduced Superman. Yeah. And he, the way he introduced it, he said, well, the next song, you know, needs no introduction. Right. And then he just kind of didn't, didn't give an introduction to it. <laughs> <laughs> Which was probably right out of Weird Al's uh, right. <laughs> joke book there. Right. And that's uh, when we got Star Wars. Yes. And that is when I first noticed the interpreter over on uh, the Steve side of the audience. And there was also a big screen on the Steve side of the audience. And they had, you know, iMag cameras. What was really cool is there was an actual guy on stage with the camera. So we were getting side views of Scott conducting and the orchestra. It was really cool to get that angle because I I don't know that I've seen that before. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen camera people up on the stage, you know, before. And I thought that was really nice. I thought it really translated well onto the uh, onto the screens as well. And the other thing that the end of the actual the Stormtrooper Symphony set is that the entire orchestra got a standing ovation from the entire. Oh, uh, yeah. Crowd. Yeah, it was nice. So after the intermission, we we went right into fun zone. And, you know, I noticed that Steve did not have his headphones. So I don't think they're coming back at this point. (laughs) I'll keep mentioning it on the podcast, but don't think they're coming back. (laughs) Jim did have his cool jacket on, I noticed. And he did not have his hair cut still. It had grown out, (laughs) as I expected. (laughs) It was not as short when... (laughs) as when he was in Vienna after he got his hair (laughs) cut. Figured you'd want that update, folks listening. (laughs) (laughs) Is when I noted that the rain really started coming down and people started putting on uh i didn't bring anything i was sitting in my my uhf t-shirt and shorts and uh, sandals so i did got rained on quite a bit but uh i did notice some people came prepared and actually put on rain ponchos which probably was a smart thing <laughs> uh, earlier in the day one of the missions my dad and i went on on our scooters is we went to find rain ponchos and we literally bought the last two at <laughs> Walgreens or wherever we got it. And it started to like rain like lighter and lighter. And I was just getting so warm and uncomfortable in that poncho that I just let myself get rained on. <laughs> I took it off. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't care anymore. And then luckily it had stopped. It really wasn't bad. No, it was it was a light rain and it and it really wasn't terrible. But yeah, it was I think this is like probably the you know, I've been at concerts where it's been raining, but I've always been covered. I think this is probably the first concert that I can think of where I've actually got rained on at a Weird Al concert. Yeah. Yeah. So then we had the medley and Jeopardy, I Love Rocky Road and Like a Surgeon. And I don't know if you noticed, I saw three blind people crossing in front of the stage during that. (laughs) And I don't know, I just... (laughs) 
seeing a blind person is not necessarily like a, a something interesting, but seeing three of them reminds me of the song Three Blind Mice. So it, <laughs> I wrote it down. So I had to I had to mention it. <laughs> I in the rain wrote down three blind people watching in front of the stage. So I have to I have to con- convey it on the podcast. Well, that's why people listen to David Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast going to send me to episodes to find out details such as this. So thank you, Ethan, for reporting that. Of course. Of course. That is my job. It was it was great. Al said, uh, it's great to be back at Red Rocks. And as we mentioned in our uh, uh, episode 13, they had actually performed at Red Rocks with the monkeys and al mentioned that he said the first time he was here was when he opened for the monkeys in 1987 and he said ah i remember it like 32 (laughs) years ago (laughs) oh it was great (laughs) and then of course the song he did next the biggest ball of twine in minnesota and this is where i actually noticed the sign language interpreter so you were a little more observant than i was you know it was at the time it was i think it was the female there were two there were a female and a male right i I think it was the female that was doing the the biggest i said Ah, oh, there's a sign language interpreter, and as we talked about, we I love watching them. So yeah, was another another. I mean, I didn't watch them too much because I was just so amazed by just the actual lighting yeah. and and the whole visuals of of Red Rocks. That that was like, well, I, I'm here to to watch Al, but it, I, I do every once in a while I'll glance over at them. Yeah, there is already so much to watch. It's you know you gotta kind of pick what you're gonna look at. I specifically listened for the horn honk, and I did hear it but it was very faint mm. i don't know if you were listening for it i did not hear it so okay okay i, I believe you <laughs> yeah i think it's one of those things where it's just like i know where it's supposed to be so even if i don't hear it i imagine that i do at this point <laughs> uh, on a previous episode you mentioned you felt al says 27 when he says you know for the 27th time right he day, really emphasizes it yeah. yeah i the note i wrote 27 does have gusto so you're right, Dave. He does he does pronounce it a little like special for the fans, I think. He definitely is aware of the twenty seven reference. So. <laughs> and um I don't know if you remember I don't remember which one it was, but one of the episodes I told you about this green square that I can't stop seeing on this speaker in front of Al. Yes. Ever since that episode, I haven't seen the green square ever again <laughs> until Red Rocks Green Square returned. So <laughs> Maybe I'm going to jinx it again for our last six shows <laughs> by saying it now. Well, there you go. Again, another reason why our listeners listen to Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast bonus centimeter episodes is to find out these little details like whether or not the green square is there. So again, thank you, Ethan, for reporting yes. that. Add it to the spreadsheet, folks. <laughs> so then we got word crimes. Yep. Which is so much fun. Jumping ahead a little bit, I um, I was talking to Lisa Popeil about the car horn part, and I asked her if she'd ever heard it. And she said no. She like she she never noticed it. Uh, she did say that her her headphone mix does not have as much orchestra as it does the band because her cues are based on the band, not the orchestra. But she said that there was another thing to listen to. Yeah, there's yeah. something that she had noticed, and ugh, I'm trying to find it. <laughs> I wrote it down, and now I can't find it. While you're looking for that, I want to talk a little bit about word crimes because. A little bit about the fans at Red Rocks is they were very enthusiastic fans, especially for word crimes. Like, like usually at a Weird Al concert, you might get 
one or two people that stand up for part of a song and they kind of look around and are like, all right, I should probably sit down because I'm the only one standing up. Like at this concert, there were just fans that were just standing and dancing, especially during songs like like Word Crimes. I noticed like almost everyone around me was just standing up, which just kind of the atmosphere of what yeah, it was like totally. at Red Rocks is that, you know, the people you could tell they were there to have fun. And actually, I don't know if I mentioned this or not yet, but after, you know, we had talked to some of the ushers and uh, they were said that this is one of the most enthusiastic crowds they've ever seen at Red Rocks. I I can believe it. Kudos to you Al fans at Red Rocks <laughs> for being so enthusiastic. And I don't know. I mean, I know Scott hinted at this a little bit in, in his episode that, you know, certain, how should we say it? Certain things that are illegal sometimes happen at these concerts. <laughs> okay. As far as smoking certain things, I definitely noticed that was going on <laughs> throughout yeah. the entire evening. <laughs> Despite the warnings up that, that you will get arrested and, you know, thrown out <laughs> of the venue for doing that on Red Rocks property. So I don't, I think some of that might have had to do with uh, the enthusiasm of this. Right. <laughs> Especially the people sitting in front of me. <laughs> so she didn't tell me what it was. And I don't think she remembers what it was but she said there's something that the orchestra does special right around when al says nomenclature the nomenclature line in word crime so i'm definitely going to be listening for that and hope to report back in the next centimeter episode okay so nomenclature so there's something for us to listen for nomenclature we gotta listen for nomenclature but then we have to listen to the orchestra (laughs) so it's, it's very complicated so after word crimes we had drum solo which was great. Yeah, this was actually was a little bit longer than usual. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. And I think, and I don't know if it was, you know, planned that way, but, or maybe Bermuda's like, hey, I'm going to get a drum solo at Red Rocks <laughs> <Yeah>. Amphitheater. <laughs> it wasn't a real, you know, hardcore 20 minute drum solo, yeah. but it was, you know, it was, it was extended compared to his usual <laughs> <laughs> one hit of the drum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think he was, he was enjoying it as well, getting to you know, kind of get his moment in the spotlight at Red Rocks Amphitheater. Yeah, that was really cool. And then Jurassic Park was great. And I know everyone is wondering what color was the drink? <laughs> Hey, what color was the drink, Ethan? Dave, what color was the drink? Did you write it down? I didn't because I knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you wrote it down because I, as soon as it came out, I'm like, is it pink? The real reason I didn't write it down is because I really couldn't tell what color I it couldn't was. tell. <laughs> I, at first, I thought it was pink, and then I thought it was orange, and then I decided that it was most likely red, but I really <laughs> don't know. I was looking so hard and I could not tell because there were lights going all over the place and it was raining and <laughs> I tried my best, folks. I tried my best. Put it down in the spreadsheet as red. I think that's the, are the best bet. Put it down as red. Put an asterisk if you need to, <laughs> but I'm sure it was red. <laughs> I got to tell you that I absolutely loved, loved, loved the lighting on Jurassic Park. So let me tell you a little bit about, I mean, we know we kind of talked about the venue a little bit, but there are like three main rocks that you kind of have to, to pay attention to at Red Rocks Amphitheater. There's two giant, huge rocks that go along the sides of the actual amphitheater. Yeah. And the, the one that's on Jim's side is actually called Creation Rock. And the one that's on Steve's side is called Ship Rock. Okay. And there's a third rock, which is behind the stage 
and that's called, believe it or not, Stage Rock. Really? Stage Rock? How did they get that name? I don't know how they came up with that one. (laughs) But throughout most of the concert, Creation Rock and Ship Rock were lit up with this beautiful red lighting on it. Absolutely looked amazing um, once it got, you know, dark out. And then Stage Rock, which was behind the stage, was lit up with whatever the lighting for that particular song was. So in this one, in Jurassic Park, the lights, I I really, I mean, there's all different color lights, but really like when the blue and the purple lights were kind of reflecting off the stage rock there in the back, I just absolutely fell in love with just, you know, just the way that looked. I, I don't know how to describe it and I've tried to take pictures of it, but even the pictures didn't do it justice how how much I absolutely loved it, the lighting in, in that one. And throughout the show, you know, anytime that they had like, you know, songs that had, you know, like that kind of deep lighting in it, it just really made it look beautiful to me. Another really beautiful light related thing was during Don't Download This Song, I would say like 80% of the audience was waving their cell phone lights. And that was just unbelievable to see, especially because we were fairly close to be able to turn around and see all those lights was so amazing yeah towards the beginning of the song i actually had turned around uh, partly to, to see if people would be waving their cell phone lights but also to kind of check out like i said the, the lighting every I, on the side rock the creation rock and the ship rock you know to kind of see j- just them and i did notice in the beginning of the song there was a handful of people kind of waving their cell phones but like as you pointed out by the end i think pretty much everybody who had a cell phone <laughs> had it on and was waving it we all have cell phones so come, come on, on let's, let's get, get real, real. <laughs> i just I, I can't imagine what that looked like from the perspective of someone on stage and you know out it must be distracting it's got to be because it, it's <laughs> it was so beautiful and distracting to me in the audience like i can only imagine that you know when the, the orchestra's up there and they're trying to play their notes right and when al's trying to do it i mean scott didn't have that issue because his back is to the audience <laughs> so scott was you know off scot free but uh, everyone else uh, i'm sure was distracted <laughs> but i think it was distracted in a good way because i thought it. oh was totally amazing. totally so that was cool weasel stomping day was next so weasel stomping day was great that's all i wanted to say <laughs> <laughs> i just i love that song the audience doesn't know they're getting weasel stomping day and right. then they get weasel stomping day and it's such an unexpected inclusion but it's just it's so fun and it's done so perfectly and it's got the three backup singers and they do their part amazingly it is one of the most technically perfect songs on the show I think. <laughs> like it just sounds like the cd almost exactly it does it does. It's, it sounds yeah. amazing with an orchestra. It really does. Yeah, it really, yeah. And the only thing that's missing is Jim Kimo West in a weasel suit. Yeah, I, hopefully we'll get that eventually. <laughs> Man, we should have teamed up with uh, the furry convention in Pittsburgh to get a weasel costume for Jim. We should have thought of that. It's not too late. <laughs> uh, and Al did say, I wrote shorthand, so I, I'm going to butcher this. I don't know if you got this. He said, sometimes, you know, you want to get festive and just be a little bit more specific. So you'll just yell out, happy weasel stomping day. <laughs> Was that what you're going to say? Exactly. Word for word. Excellent. <laughs> So then we went into one more minute and, you know, Al, of course, says that Bermuda and Steve are going to be leaving the stage. And he said, uh, hopefully we can get by on the 78 other people left on stage. Right. Except it's not one more minute. You don't love me anymore. Oh, I wrote down one more minute. <laughs> 
I wrote O-M-M. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe you were looking forward to one more minute, but it was actually You Don't Love Me Anymore, this particular show. Yes, you are right. You are right. You pointed this out on a previous Centimeter episode, but he did say Jim Kimo West on acoustic guitar. Yeah, he did. And he also said, are you ready to rock this, Jim? And I think that that was a pun because of Red Rock. Ah, good catch, good catch. <laughs> Every single time I've seen this he mentions acoustic and every single time jim is not on acoustic <laughs> but al is on acoustic but he doesn't play it and then he smashes it <laughs> and it was a good smash it was a good yeah, smash. and i always love at the end of the song as he's kind of walking like very slowly and upset off the stage <laughs> just just the look he gives and she's just of so like despair and you know <laughs> he's kind of walking off slowly and it's just it's really kind of funny and one of my favorite parts of course when al is you know going to play the guitar and then doesn't is the second time like and he's as he's getting pumped i love when he nods at jim and jim nods back at him like i just i love that acknowledgement of each other and then he doesn't play it it, just, it adds so much detail <laughs> all right so next up was our second solo of the night and it was dun, 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 dun. the bassoon solo. Yes, that's the first bassoon solo I've seen. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely the first bassoon solo I've ever seen, not just at a Weird Al concert. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. And it does fall into my theory that we only get orchestra-related solos during You Don't Love Me Anymore shows. So I know that you think it's a conspiracy theory, Dave, but it has been true for every one I've seen. All right, we're going to have to save that for our conspiracy theory show. Yes, we, which we will have to have. <laughs> In a full inch episode, which is going to be all about conspiracy theories. I'm really looking forward to that, especially how, about how we only get orchestra solos on shows that have, you don't love me anymore. <laughs> and I will have my tinfoil hat on. Wait, you don't have it on right now? Well, I do, but I'm just saying I still will have it on for that episode. <laughs> that was the only reason I agreed to do an entire podcast is if we wore at all times foil hats while we were recording. So I was just making sure you had your foil hat on as you I, promised I me. I do. I do. I do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then after the bassoon solo, we had tacky. Yes. I want to mention, I spoke to um, Lisa Popiel about this song after the show, because it sounds like they're playing a recording from the actual song Tacky, because it kind of, the, the female vocal kind of has like a little bit of something on it. And Lisa said that, yes, they are playing a little bit of that. And she confirmed that it is, in fact, her voice on that song <laughs> saying oh. that part. So I was like, oh, wow. How cool. That <laughs> So they play her voice, and then she, Monique, and Scotty also sing. So that's why the female vocals are so heavy on that track. You get to really hear them well with all three times two of one of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So Lisa squared on that song. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow, that's great. I didn't either. I mean, I guess... I, I guess I never thought about it, but I mean, I, I should have known that. But it's such an iconic part of Tacky is, you know, her doing it. And, and when, <laughs> right. when she told that to me, she sang that part and it was just like, <gasps> it's kind of a surreal moment of like <laughs> the thing that I hear so often when I listen to the song, like having, it's like, 
you know, when we talk to Mr. Lawrence and he's, you know, doing plankton, it's just like it's <laughs> surreal to hear the thing that you're so used to come out of someone else. Like, it's right. so weird. <laughs> out of context almost. Uh, so that was really cool. Cool, fun fact there. I just want to point out in Tacky, a couple of things. Al did actually come out into the audience. I was wondering if he was going to because of the rain, but yeah, he did. He did. He came out. He didn't go very far up because he probably looked and said, I'm not climbing up those stairs. <laughs> <laughs> he did come up a couple rows up, I guess. And I also noticed that this was another song where everybody in the Red Rocks Amphitheater, and I don't know how many it seats, uh, 9,000 or so. It's like 9,500 something. Yeah. It was up and dancing for this yeah. song. <laughs> do you know the name of the guy who tours with Al who does the video in the audience? I do not know his name, but yeah. I don't know his name, but I felt so bad for him because there's literally no flat spots uh, <laughs> going up the stairs of Red Rocks, and they're steep stairs. And they yes. are tricky, and he's carrying a heavy camera. And he had to like run backwards up the <laughs> stairs and run backwards down the stairs to get Al on camera. I was so happy that he didn't fall because <laughs> I would have totally fallen. Like, he is a true professional with the cameras. That was yes, really awesome. Yes, yes. So, shout out to you, camera guy. And it adds so much to that song because I love seeing the audience reactions. Oh, I yes. love when he does the uh, Are You Pregnant Girl or Just Really Fat line, <laughs> you know. Someone always gets offended, and it's always <laughs> funny to me. He did it to an usher. I always like watch for it, and he did it to an usher. And she like she kind of smiled, and then you could see that she realized what he said, and then she like ju- you know her mouth jumped open like, like oh my god, did he just <laughs> say that? <laughs> so then we had Harvey. Yes, Harvey the Wonder, <laughs> Harvey the Wonder Hamster. Hamster, which was I mean as amazing as it is to have Al perform at the legendary Red Rocks. The fact that <laughs> Harvey the Wonder Hamster has performed on the same stage as the Beatles just makes me (laughs) so happy. There's something about that that I just really appreciate. (laughs) So glad that made it this tour. (laughs) Yes, that is true. I mean, it is the whole reason why Al did the tour. Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) and I don't know if this was because of the venue, but I was expecting because we had a 71 piece orchestra and because of how the iconic the venue was that we would get some kind of streamers for Harvey the Wonder Hamster and we got nothing. We got nothing. I did notice um, at the beginning of the show, there were no cannons. Yeah anywhere so my only thought is that it must be a venue policy and that makes sense because it does. Of how, because this is you know outdoors uh, you know a park you know and everything it's, and it's windy on top of a mountain it, it you know it might be hard to maintain and clean up but i, I was hoping for some harvey uh, confetti and streamers yes probably my only 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 low point <laughs> of the entire <laughs> the entire show i'm just gonna bring a bag of confetti and if it doesn't <laughs> happen during harvey i'm just gonna throw it at you dave just to Make you feel I would better. love that. I would love that. <laughs> if we're sitting close enough, I will do that. <laughs> if I remember. And that goes for anybody, any of our listeners who are sitting near me during the concert. Feel free to throw confetti on me during Harvey the Wonder Hamster. I would actually love that. Well, what if we, you know how they have those like little like confetti like noisemakers that they sell at like the grocery store? What yes. if we like bought a bunch of those and then just like in unison did it where it was supposed to be? <laughs> that would be kind of a cool audience interaction thing. <laughs> We'd probably get thrown out, but <laughs> it would be I think that's great. And we could brand them with Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast logo on it. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch noisemaker. <laughs> <laughs> Confetti cannon. Confetti cannon. Yeah, that was better. <laughs>
<laughs> the next was Jackson Park Express. This particular song I was actually really looking forward to hearing because if you remember with our interview with Scott, this was the song that he could not stop talking about. Yeah, I, I specifically was watching him for the part where he said it's his favorite, the, uh, the <laughs> yes. evils of the world part. <laughs> how he thought that was all about, you know, uh, trigonometry <laughs> and prime numbers and how he thought that was all about homeschooling. Yeah. And I, was, I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, and he said that, he would probably get, you know, verklempt his yeah. words as he's performing this. So I was thinking the whole time, thinking how exciting this must be yeah. for Scott to be performing his favorite Weird Al song. Right. You know, at Red Rocks Amphitheater, you know, with a full 71-piece orchestra. I can't imagine what was going through Scott's yeah. mind at this yeah. point. And uh, there was a another thing I really noted about this song is... Again, I, I pointed it out during Jack. You know, you have me saying it during Jurassic Park. You were the first to do that. You did that in, in, <laughs> I, I was, in an I early was. centimeter. Because I, I do take notes during the concerts to help with the, the centimeter episodes, and I abbreviate Jurassic Park as JP, and I abbreviate yep. Jackson Park Express as JPE. So every I do time the I same. see JP. I think of Jurassic Park. So when I so that's why I started calling it Jurassic Park Express. I think we need Al to do like a remix of the two. <laughs> Call it Jurassic Park Express. <laughs> and even my my cell phone has predictive text on it. Whenever I type the, out Jurassic Park, the next suggestion is Express. Really? <laughs> so even my cell phone is is uh, conspiring against me to get that title wrong. Well, write that down for the conspiracy episode. <laughs> <laughs> Duly noted. So there's a couple of things about the lights that I especially liked. And, and when he says, you know, about the Pepto-Bismol line, the actual lights were kind of this pink and orange color. Oh, that's so cool. Absolutely love. I haven't noticed that. Another thing that Scott really kind of pointed out was to kind of listen for like the uh, background music at the end of this song. And I I was and I really was impressed with it. A couple of things I kind of should note here about uh, the differences between kind of Scott doing the conducting and, of course, Eric doing the conducting is that each of the uh, conductors kind of has their own style. And for the way Scott was conducting, he was bringing out a lot of different instruments that Eric usually brings out. And I could kind of hear like all just like different instruments, which really made the show. I mean, nothing wrong with the way Eric's doing this at all. I mean, it sounds absolutely amazing. But just to hear a different conductor's perspective on the same exact song and what instruments he would emphasize is just is just absolutely cool. And it, it changes the song. And it's not that one's better than the other. It just really it really sounds it really kind of gave like a, a new feeling to some of these songs which i had heard over and over again even with an you know an orchestra so i really kind of enjoyed getting to see i mean I, i've seen arnie now i've seen eric and i've now seen scott to kind of see as far as we know the only three conductors on this tour to, to see their three different styles and it, it really is really cool how it, it kind of he brings out the different instruments I would say for me that nuance was lost due to my uh, friends next door who were yelling <laughs> uh, and screaming the whole show. Unfortunately, uh, I, I didn't notice or was able, I wasn't able to pick up any of that. Unfortunately, but I I, I, blo- I believe you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm sure it was awesome, Dave. I'm sure it was. It's not great. a conspiracy theory. It's the truth. <laughs> well, let me tighten my hat and we'll find out. <laughs> It was confirmed that Scott was bringing out different instruments than Eric. You heard it here first. <laughs> so I wasn't hearing things. 
And that was Damien. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's another song, right, where everybody around me stood up. Uh, and that was Smells Like Nirvana. You're getting way far oh, ahead. Am I? I'm sorry. You are, Dave. Uh, there was a video interlude. And yes. there are, are things that we look for in the video interlude for our friends who run the, the many <laughs> spreadsheets. I was trying to gloss over that point, but thanks for bringing it to my attention. <laughs> hey, it is written down on my sheet. <laughs> All right, go for it. I know you're bothered by effect being spelled with an A, and I'm bothered by guy being capitalized. (laughs) Both of them were in full effect and (laughs) were prominently not fixed. (laughs) All right, now you can talk about smells like your phone. Okay, I have nothing else to say about smells. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> this was actually, uh, yeah, it was interesting because everybody around me kind of stood. And this is something I haven't seen yet on this tour, or at least I haven't noted it, but it was done on previous tours. And I'm especially thinking of uh, the Poodle Hat tour for one. But Al would usually, during Smells Like Nirvana, start moshing with Steve and, and start, you know, kind of jumping up and hitting him and as if they were in like a real mosh pit. And I yeah. did get to see that come back. Oh, I didn't notice that. For This Smells Like Nirvana. It wasn't long, but they did kind of run up and kind of <laughs> jump into each other like they like they had done in the past. And I don't know if they've stopped doing that because it probably is painful to do that <laughs> night after night. Maybe they figured that, hey, this is such an iconic venue. Let's just bring this, this classic bit back. I was really happy to see the, the, the moshing going on up on stage. One thing I noticed, and I don't know if I just haven't noticed this or I, I may have talked about this on previous centimeters and I forgot, but Steve was barefoot. Did you notice that? I did not notice specifically notice that, but I think he always is barefoot during uh, oh, okay. Smells Like Nirvana. All so right. I don't, okay. so I don't, I don't know if that, if that's something I would, I would note because I think that's part of his usual costume. I think that's extra gutsy, especially after the guitarist smashed <laughs> right there. <laughs> true, true. I feel for Steve's feet and his barefoot feet. <laughs> I couldn't remember if I, like I said, if I have talked about it before, but I noticed it. At the Red Rocks show. So I don't know if I've noticed it before, but I certainly noticed it at Red Rocks. The other thing I noticed about this song was how at the end it was very smoky on stage and there was kind of strobe lights going on as well. So it re- looked really cool to me. Again, the, the lighting at this venue to me was absolutely my favorite lighting uh, that I've seen so far. And uh, the Al's gals really kind of put it out with the pom-poms and kind of covered him really nice, really well. well with the did pom-poms. you notice that also when Al like, laid down, he threw the mic? Like he didn't throw it, but he let it roll away. And I haven't noticed that before. Hmm. So I did see it as soon as it ended. Most of the tour manager ran out and grabbed the mic, <laughs> probably <laughs> hoping that no one would step on it. Or... Yeah, hoping that Steve wouldn't step on it while barefoot. Right, right. <laughs> that would hurt. <laughs> Worse than a Lego brick is a uh, microphone. Okay, anything about the next video clips you want to point out there, Ethan? I just want to point out again that the previous video clips had effects spelled with an A. <laughs> Just really want to get that point home, right? (laughs) Well, one thing I did want to point out just on the video clips in general is the uh, sign language interpreters. did interpret the videos which was interesting yes i did notice that and and i just specifically didn't notice it during this video clip but i did notice it when they do the uh, weird video clip the the fake movie trailer (laughs) (laughs) i did notice i think it was the gentleman that was doing it at the time he was turning around every once in a while and kind of looking at the screen like what is going on here (laughs) what am i interpreting (laughs) 
I didn't write anything down for Dare to Be Stupid or White and Nerdy, so I'm going to let you take the lead on that. Okay. Uh, there was actually, I noticed uh, several things that were really cool looking. Again, on stage, the way that the Red Rocks Amphitheater is, is it's very steep. So you can kind of, being 16 rows back, I could really kind of see the actual stage itself as if I was like in a balcony or something. So I could see the lights on the stage and there's these really cool spiral lights that were going around on the on the actual stage which I thought looked really good. And the other thing I noticed is that we mentioned that it had the video off to Steve's side. I noticed that the way that they had mixed the video, in the background usually there's a video playing and it's got this kind of like psychedelic, spirally type of, you know... Uh, video on it and they kind of mix that with the actual camera that was on al i don't know how they do this and i'm not in video production but somehow they got it so that both the spiral and al were on at the same time yeah they're like they were both like semi-faded i did notice that and so it's kind of like this this uh al was superimposed over that that psychedelic video and i thought it looked really cool it kind of reminded me of the craigslist music video yeah yeah pretty much and then uh, the other thing i kind of noticed is that we're at the end of the song where 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 you're saying dare to be stupid over over again and then he goes i can't hear you and then Mm -hmm. the audience yells dare to be stupid i did notice that after he said i can't hear you the dare to be stupid was much much louder than the previous dare to be stupid (laughs) (laughs) so people were actually paying attention and listening to what al was saying and decided (laughs) to ramp it up for that dare to be stupid then he's like okay i can hear you now which was (laughs) which was really cool all right i think that calls for a new spreadsheet for the next six shows (laughs) okay Uh, we will listen to see if it's yelled louder (laughs) <laughs> Good. There's one more thing for our podcast, our centimeter episodes, because they aren't long enough. We now have That's one right. more thing to look at. Oh, and I, I wanted to mention one thing to roll back to Smells Like Nirvana. Typically, it's a red solo cup, and it was actually a black solo cup at oh. Red Rocks. So red rocks, black cup. <laughs> I just saw that on my sheet and I wanted to mention it. Thank you. <laughs> See, this is the reason is why all. this is why people tune into Dave Nathan's 2000s Weird Al podcast special bonus episodes. That's right. Well, this isn't a special bonus episode. It's just a regular bonus episode. Oh, this is a special one. All right. It's it's a special bonus episode, but it's not a special bonus episode. Those are different. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the video clips that were next. Okay. In the video clip package that's next, one of the video clips is a little segment that Al had done, I believe, for the Weird Al show called Dirt, right? Yes. And in the Dirt video, there is a line that says, some people like to study rocks, whatever. As he says that, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, this is the perfect thing to say (laughs) at Red Rocks Amphitheater. The whole amphitheater is made of rocks and there are two gigantic rocks sticking out on either side and a giant rock behind them. And I thought that was really perfect way to sum up that video clip. All right. I'm done with the video clips. Anything you have to add? Uh, White Nerdy was great. (laughs) Yes. That is all. (laughs) I I could hear that the, uh, the bass at the beginning of the song... Like we when it first starts, sounded absolutely amazing. And um, the other thing I kind of noticed was I was expecting, and I was even even sitting in my well, they were benches, they weren't seats. Sitting in my bench, um, getting ready to stand up because of uh, how much the crowd was into standing at this venue, and hardly anybody stood up for white and nerdy, which I found really amazing. It surprised me. I guess I saw less standing than you did. I guess the rows behind me. The four rows behind me were the standing rows, and my rows were not. 
<laughs> and then I kind of noticed too that I, I do like this that at the end of the song there's kind of the, these horns that have this slow rise to kind of prominence at the end of the song and I really could pick them out with the, the particular orchestration that uh, Scott had done this evening then after White and Nerdy we had Amish Paradise which was amazing it would be hard for me not to pick that as my song of the night it's just I love Amish Paradise so much and it was so cool in Red Rocks. I'll, I'll go back and I will say that it wasn't amazing Amish seeing Amish Paradise at Red Rocks but did mention I did make a big deal about it. I didn't actually call it but to go back my song of the night was uh, Jurassic Park. Just just I thought that was that was my song of the night. So I'm going to call it there. But I did notice that after the second arm wave that everybody <laughs> still continued to wave their arms. Or at least most people did. For the third? After the second arm waving, usually you stop and then Al does a verse and then he picks up the waving again. People kept waving? Kept waving throughout the entire, oh. entire uh, third verse there, which doesn't usually happen very often. Usually people catch on that you should only be I didn't waving that. during yeah. you know, the actual you know refrain. See, I felt maybe, you know, you were only four rows behind me. But I felt that people weren't really waving during the third verse. I felt very alone in my third verse waving. Because of how beautiful I felt this venue was, I did look and how cool it was to look back and kind of see just a wall of people going straight up. I did also uh, look around. I didn't just concentrate on the four rows between you and I. I concentrated on the entire uh, amphitheater. (laughs) So... Okay, Dave. I can't specifically say if it was the four rows that were between <laughs> us that were waving their arms the entire time, but but throughout the amphitheater, okay, there was okay. uh, most people that I had noticed were continuing to wave their arms. Maybe it didn't make it down to row 12 where all the uh, really big Weird Al fans sit. And I did notice, <laughs> this doesn't happen every show, but it happens every so often when he says, and my mind is gone, Jim does a hand swirly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so he did that uh, at Red Rocks, which was great. He goes, and my homies are great, really looking in black, and uh, Steve puts up his thumb. <laughs> right. <laughs> that it happens 99% of yeah, the time. The hand the swirly is not uh, True. always. So add that to the spreadsheet. <laughs> During the homage vamp, we learned the name of the bassoonist. I don't know what, what you call a bassoon player. Let's go with bassoon player. I want to go with bassoonist. All right, we'll go with bassoonist. Okay. Should we put a poll up on our Facebook page? I mean, I'm sure a Google search would, <laughs> would find the right way. It's like Israelish. Let's just go with it. All right, let's um, do it. So I wrote down the name as Tristan Rennie. Is that what you got? I wrote down Tristan Riddy. So I think okay. we got the Tristan part right. Yeah, Tristan So Rennie Tristan R. Yeah. Let's go R- Tristan R. I slash E-N-N-E-Y. <laughs> R-I-D-D-Y. Riddy or Rennie? Oh, oh Riddy? I had Rennie. R-E-N-N. Uh, okay, so that's why I said R. Tristan R. <laughs> Tristan R, if you're out there, we, uh, please call us at 347-SPATULA, and we will get the pronunciation of your last name correctly on a future episode. <laughs> well, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do love, and I always look for this, and he does it most of the time, at the end of the vamp, Steve lifts his hat and pulls down yes. his beard. I love I, I that did, part. I did notice that too. <laughs> the other thing that like I always get a tickle out of is when Al goes, that's the show, got to go. <laughs> <laughs> or got to go, that's the show. I just love that. <laughs> I don't know why. I can't, I can't put my finger on why I love that so much, but that's like the lyric I wait for <laughs> the whole show. <laughs> so Al just came out and said, that's a show, I gotta go. Yeah, You'd be, be happy fine. and you would just go home. That's all I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's why I flew out to Denver. <laughs> How would we know what color of drink Al had during Jurassic Park? Yeah, it would be a much different spreadsheet. And whether or not the, the green light was on. <laughs> no, the green sticker. So after uh, Encore started, I don't know if you noticed, Stormtroopers started heading out too soon. And I saw JW run out like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and he got him back. <laughs> did you see that? I did not catch that. But I did notice that <laughs> as the Encore, you know, during that little break in between the uh, Amish Vamp and the Encore, is that there was a really uh, pronounced Weird Al chant going on. Oh, yeah, um, totally. Yeah, so. yeah hearing 9,000 people chant Weird Al is, is kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't get um, – I was kind of hoping for some different Star Wars characters because of how iconic this venue was. But uh, we got eight Stormtroopers and Darth Vader. Yeah. Pretty standard lineup for this. I was surprised begins. too. I don't know I, – I guess I don't know anything about – you know which star wars costume characters live in and around denver but (laughs) yeah i guess i had an expectation of something different i think i kind of just had pumped up this show in my head so much it's like there's definitely gonna be a bubble (laughs) fat there's gotta be streamers doing harvey man (laughs) i did notice darth vader's lightsaber it wasn't like totally on but it was kind of on so i could see it sometimes the darth vaders will keep it hidden behind their cape but i I could see it prominently Hmm. While he was on stage. Now, I got to say, it's got to be really for the stormtroopers to to be performing first. Probably most of them, Weird Al is pretty much, you know, an icon, a hero to them uh, just because of, you know, who generally the members of the 501st are and the Weird Al fans have have a a big overlap, in Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, So it's got to be and it's also got to be kind of nerve wracking to them to be performing in front of 9,500 people at an iconic venue such as Red Rocks. Right. But one thing I did notice is that I was very disappointed in their dancing. (laughs) (laughs) See, I kind of liked their dancing. I mean, they kind of all did their own thing. There was some kind of silly little dances going on. I wasn't that disappointed. I want to. Can I give you a side note? Sure. Thing. Side note, I was talking to my friend who I hadn't seen since we started our Weird Al journey because she was on tour with a show. And she's like, hey, did you see Al in Cleveland? I was like, yeah. She's like, my f- cousin was one of the stormtroopers. So I think we should try and talk to her cousin and uh, get get his opinion. We can figure out once and for all, are Star Wars fans also Weird Al fans? Yes. I, I mean, yeah. But at least we'll hear it from <laughs> from the source. <laughs> uh, a couple notes on uh, the saga begins is that pretty much the entire venue, all nine thousand five hundred people there, sang along during the entire whole song. Which, oh yeah, which that was, was cool. absolutely amazing. And again, the cell phones came out at the end. I don't know if you noticed from where you were sitting all the way up in row twelve, <laughs> but the cell phones kind of came out again at the end of the song, and we're being and we're, we're, we're waving around. And another thing I was looking for was I was hoping for a trooper boop. You know how I love my troop, <laughs> my Steve Steve J trooper boops, uh, but Steve actually came out with the bass already in his hand, so he didn't need to boop any troops. <laughs> so that's a that's a weird one to add to the spreadsheet. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it during Saga Begins or at the end, someone held up a, a paper sign. Did you see that? I did not see the sign. Someone no. held up a sign. It said, my dad is cooler, hashtag Vader. <laughs> 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 so I, uh, I don't know what the point of that was, but point taken. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've got a cool dad, you know, too. So I, I kind of understand that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my dad is cooler hashtag Vader it didn't say my dad is cooler than Vader it just said my dad is cooler 
Hashtag Vader. <laughs> ah, maybe his dad was Darth Vader. Maybe it was Luke Skywalker. That's, uh, yeah, but is who is he cooler? Then this, this is something else for the conspiracy theory episode. I think so. <laughs> We're going to have to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's another song that everybody, again, in the entire amphitheater... Well, you're skipping sticks. ahead. You're skipping what? ahead. I we am didn't okay. Say, we didn't say which Stormtrooper got sung to by Al. That's because I didn't remember. <laughs> It was the one two away from Vader towards Steve. Hashtag Vader. Yes. Anything else you'd like to add to uh, the saga begins? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I wrote something and I don't know what I wrote. I can't read it. It looks like I wrote R-A-L-L-E-Y-T-I-N-D-O-V. Really tinned off. So rally tinned off is what I wanted to add. Yes. So that is... (laughs) Was it again? Rally? I should take a picture of this and we should put it on the, the group. Rally Tim have Off? People, have people try and translate what the <laughs> heck I wrote. So hashtag Rally Tim Off. Uh, hashtag Vader is cooler than my dad. <laughs> well, see, this is the reason why people tune in to Dave and Ethan's 2000. It's Weird Out podcast for exciting things such as Rally Tim Bob. <laughs> we should let people see our notes i don't know how nice your notes are mine are kind of a mess well <laughs> i'm gonna take a picture okay <laughs> <laughs> so is it okay if i move ahead to yoda now mr rally timov yeah i really uh, i'm glad i was able to uh put that out there <laughs> glad you were able to note that very important point <laughs> <laughs> during yoda Everybody stood in the entire amphitheater, right? And then did you notice that, uh, I guess he didn't feel like going out in the audience because uh, he didn't bother to to single anyone out, but he did say, do it better. Do it better. And there really was no need to do that because everybody was already (laughs) doing it great. (laughs) (laughs) What was really great is when the song ended, Al kind of rallied everyone together and and Steve like wasn't noticing and Al kept like, come on, come on. (laughs) Everyone's like waving at Steve and then Steve finally noticed. And uh, the whole band and the Al's gals, they all got together and Melissa took a photo uh, with the audience. Yeah, it was cool because the first thing, I've seen them do this at the end of some certain tours. They kind of get a group picture on stage, but I guess this was because this was such an iconic venue that they actually wanted to get a group picture there. Of course, the first thing that they did is they kind of all gathered together and let the audience kind of take pictures and stuff from from the audience perspective. And then they turned around and they took a picture with the entire audience in the background. Yeah, it was which, cool. I mean, I think that uh, pretty much everybody in the band and all Val's gals have reposted that that picture multiple times. So I'm sure you. As a listener of Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen that picture and you know how awesome it, it, it really is. Right. And again, how just you could tell like at the end of the show, just kind of like the smile on Al's face having performed at Red Rocks, you know, is something that like I will never forget just how happy and excited he looked as he was kind of waving off to the crowd, at, you know, and everything at the end of the show. I really yeah. kind of could sum it up if I really could in three words, and that's pretty stinking majestic. Pretty stinking majestic. <laughs> Yes, that was it was amazing. So a couple notes um after the show. Well, this is also fun. I don't know if we pointed this out or not. I think we have, but after the show ends, they play the time warp, right? We've I think we've yeah. pointed that out. Before. And so I I kind of really enjoyed it because there was a ton a ton of people that were just standing at their, you know, seating location and just dancing as uh 
as this venue was clearing out. Whoever's decision that was, and I have a feeling it's probably Bermuda's, but whoever's decision that was to, to put the time warp at the end of the show, it's a great decision because it's just so much fun. It kind of takes the sting away from, oh, the show's over. Oh, no, there's oh, a, time a time warp. warp. Yeah, <laughs> and then people are just, to watch people dancing and singing along to that song is, is just that great choice. So after the concert, we got to see Jeremy a little bit, which was nice. And then we met up with Scott and we got to meet Scott for the first time. Scott O'Neill, of course, the conductor and orchestrator for about half the songs on the tour and it was it was really great getting to finally meet him yeah that was really cool except they didn't you know they kept moving us like further and further away it's like every time we got ready to say hi to scott it's like all right no you guys got to move you guys got to move and scott was there's like a small group of people around scott and some of them uh we later learned were his friends from high school not only were they his friends from high school they learned that scott was conducting the red rock show from our podcast yeah so hey <laughs> so they came out to the show because of dave and ethan's 2000 inch weird Al podcast at first they didn't know, realize who we were and then once they did realize who we were they were like really excited that oh my god i can't believe you are the guys that do the podcast yeah they're like you're the podcast guys <laughs> <laughs> which is really cool so anyway as this group of people that were trying to talk to scott were kind of gathered originally we were kind of several rows back from the stage and then they kind of kept shifting us over and eventually <laughs> they put us kind of off in the side area and then by the time we were in minnesota <laughs> To the exactly. That's when, <laughs> that's when we were able to talk. Where were we going to put us? Like we were down in like the lower lots for a while and we just, I, I, just, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I kind of stuck around and was uh, talking to Scott and you kind of ran off and I don't know where you went. Oh, yeah. Well, I can give you that insider knowledge. I actually ran off to meet Lisa Popeil and her husband, Bill, because we were originally supposed to see her before the show and we didn't. So uh, I was able to meet up with her, and I got my Lisa Popeil 1985 headshot <laughs> signed, which was really cool. And you got a really cool thing signed by Lisa, too. It was a demonstration on Scotty Brothers Records of Lisa's single, Poor Connection. And it was really cool because when I kind of took it out to have her to sign, she was kind of looking at it. And she goes, she, she immediately, of course, recognized it. But she's like, I don't think I have one of these in my collection. <laughs> I'm being a collector, you know, I understand what it is when you see something that you don't have in your collection and you really want it. And her being, of course, Lisa Popeil. I immediately offered it to her and said, you don't have it. You can take it. It really, it would mean a lot more. I mean, it means a lot to me, but you know, knowing it's her music, I said, you can have it. You can take it. And she flat out refused to take it from me, which I thought was really nice. Um, And I offered several times and she was like, I can't do that. So I don't know. I did find that on eBay. I'm putting out a feeler for another one on eBay. So if anyone sees that another one out there, please let me know. I'm going to buy it for Lisa. Um, And also, Please don't bid it up on me because that's really rude. Well, what if someone like has one for sale? I have one, (laughs) so maybe I'll put mine on eBay and I'll charge you like a lot of money for it. (laughs) I wouldn't do that. No, but it it was really cool because um, you know, like with your single and with my original headshot, she's like, I I don't know if I want to sign these. No, sign it. Like we want you to sign it. (laughs) It's you. She was so afraid of messing it up, but you know, she did a great signature and then she wanted a picture of us in the item. So it was really cool to get a picture. Yeah. Another thing she told me about the single and for the first thing she told me about, she said, do you know who played on that single? And of course I had no idea and I didn't write down his name, but he he is uh, the guitar player from Yes, does perform on that single. Poor connection. Yes. 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 
Yes. Th that's a little piece of trivia, <laughs> Lisa Bopil trivia for you. But I want to go back to talking to Scott because uh, we did get a chance to talk to Scott. I did have some sheet music for him to sign, which he was really excited about. I did take his favorite song. I was lucky enough at after uh, the VIP sessions, of course, they give out sheet music. I was lucky enough to get the uh, Jackson Park Express uh, sheet music, and I have it signed by pretty much everybody in the band at this point. A couple people I'm still looking for. And I also have the, the sheet music for Weasel Stomping Day, another one that uh, Scott wrote that, that I had him sign as well. And I, I told him, I said, obviously, I'm picking Jackson Park Express because it's your favorite, and Weasel Stomping Day, just because it's fun. He said to me, that was such a fun, <laughs> Weasel Stomping Day was such a fun song to orchestrate. He said that was probably the song I had the most fun doing, which I thought was really cool. So it was just wow. a coincidence that I picked out not only his favorite song, but also the song that he had the most fun doing. And I did ask him how it went, like how he felt the concert went and what was going through his mind. And he did say that nothing has really sunk in yet. He was still in composer mode, which I thought right. was really cool. Right. So. I'm curious to hear you know, eventually once his that Alan Deuce haze kind of uh, gets off of Scott, <laughs> you know, to, I would love to hear his thoughts on what it was like performing with Weird Al. And of course, as we know, this is the first time Scott actually has met Weird Al too. So the other thing he kind right. of told us was, right. and you kind of alluded to this, but they were supposed to have a rehearsal before the, the concert, but it had got rained out. So there was no rehearsal, according to Scott. So he basically went into this, uh, you know, concert kind of, you know, he, of course he had written all the orchestration and the cues, but he hadn't had a chance to practice them. So it was kind of the first time he was doing all of this. So for, you know, the first time him doing, you know, orchestrating or conducting the concert, I just, I, I thought he did a fabulous job. Yeah. And he said that uh, Bermuda helped him out considerably. Yeah, he did. He, he was very thankful for Bermuda because uh, Bermuda did sit down with him and kind of go through all the cues, which, which he really, really appreciated. Yeah. And so it was, uh, what a great show. Yes. What a great experience all around. And a couple of things I noticed on the way out and, and you, and you got caught in this too, but um, we were, we were talking to Scott and Lisa for quite some time. And eventually, uh, they kind of, the venue staff kind of was like, are right, you guys got to go home, basically? <laughs> so they kept kind of, sh as you know, as they kind of shuffled us off the side, they kept trying to shuffle us out of the actual amphitheater. I don't know how long we were talking to both of them, but when we got back to our cars, the parking lot was still packed. <laughs> it was totally packed. And so packed. we're like, we're not going anywhere for another 20 minutes at least nope. anyway. So we nope. kind of just stuck around and talked for a little while. And uh, even, I don't know when you and your father eventually left, but I know that Josh, Heather, and Jackie and I just hung out in the, the parking lot for probably another 15, 20 minutes easily before yeah. <laughs> to just to let the traffic kind of die down a little bit. And once it did die down, it, it was actually pretty easy to get out of, out of the uh, venue. Yeah, and I, you know, looking back was it worth it was it worth flying out to denver for one show yeah I, I would say it was it was amazing i got to have an amazing experience um it's the only show my dad has seen on this tour he didn't even see one the last tour so really it was the first show my dad saw since the second leg of mandatory wow. fun so um and he's the guy who got me into weird al so uh, i know he had an amazing time he was thrilled with the song choices and he just had a wonderful time 
so getting to share that with him was was really great. Yeah, I mean, I, I had, again, I, I, I've said this before and I'll keep saying it, but to this date, that is my favorite Weird Al concert by far on this tour and probably in my top five Weird Al concerts ever. I mean, and I've seen, wow. by the end of this tour, I will have seen 195. Now, I can't speak for the ones I haven't seen yet this tour. Right. They may be, they may, <laughs> they, they might, yeah, the, they the, might the be better. Six, they might I think bump we have six out. more left to see. So those six more may bump my top may bump this out of my top five <laughs> it may be unlikely but it could happen but this is easily uh very pessimistic about these upcoming <laughs> shows dave i think they're going to be the six best shows we've ever seen i hope so i really hope that they <laughs> it, it's it's really be very tough to top in my opinion to top what happened at red rocks amphitheater but knowing al and how good of a show he puts on and how how professional everybody is in the band and the crew it wouldn't surprise me if the next six shows do top it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, I think we've said uh, everything. Uh, <laughs> this is the longest centimeter we've ever recorded as of this point. But of course, like the shows are going to knock out uh, Red Rocks from the top five. Our next six centimeters will knock out this one from being the longest. So <laughs> yeah, that to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think that for me, I'm glad that we took the extra time to, to really go in depth on this this uh, show because it was, uh, it to me, it was you know, I'm saying it again, but it was you know, absolutely amazing. It was pretty stinking majestic. And if you have uh, your own thoughts on the Red Rock show, you can always find us on all sorts of social media: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Thousand Inch, and in our official podcast Facebook group. And then, of course, you can always send us a message at 347-SPATULA. We're looking forward to hearing from you, and we're also looking forward to hearing from somebody who knows what a bassoon player is officially called, (laughs) whether it's a bassoon player or a bassoonist. And we'd love to hear you. If you were at the concert, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe bassinist? (laughs) Like an arsonist, but a bassinist? I don't know if I want to meet a bassinist who's an arsonist. I do. (laughs) That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Bonus episode, 20 centimeters. I really kind of could sum it up, if I really could, in three words. And that's Scott's cell phone bear. R-A-L-L-E-Y-T-I-N-D-O-V. It sounds pretty stinking majestic to me.